welcome to Tomorrow Is Yesterday, the Star Trek podcast, the show where we review every episode of Star Trek in production order. My name is Brandon Catch. With me, as always, is my co-host, David Moss. Introduce yourself, David. Uh, what is my name again? I think it's Admiral Akbar. Wait, I've used that one. Uh, Spock. My name is Spock. I'd just like to point out to the audience that David suggested us having a TV in here before, yet he gets distracted by the action figures I keep on the walls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, there's not that many. So, yeah. And I don't even know who several of them are. Hush? Is that what that is? Yes, he's a Batman villain. Or is that Kush? No, it's Hush. Hush. And Dr. Sate. Fate. Dr. Fate. Fate. Did you not see Black Adam? No. Good, it's garbage. Don't see it. Sokka, Uncle Iroh, Beast, right next to the Iron Patriot? War Machine. Iron Patriot. No, War Machine. (laughs) It has the red, white, and blue around it. No, it doesn't. From here, it looks like it does. You might be seeing the blue, like, Avengers logo, but, like, no, it's War Machine. (laughs) Let's see, Admiral Akbar. Uh, I can't make out the names of any of the other. Oh, uh, Lando Calrissian. I don't know the other one, and I... You haven't seen The Mandalorian? I know you've seen The Mandalorian. And I think, uh, Ray. Yes. Is there, and that's about all I can see. Maybe Luke. Yeah, two, there's two Lukes, yeah. Oh, okay. I right mean, next like, to I each can, other. I can see Luke's face, like, pressing against the plastic. Yeah, that's this one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> it looks like he's trying to escape. He's like, let me out. Let me out. <laughs> but in all fairness, my name is David Moss. <laughs> and I am the host with Brandon Couch. All right. We are back. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. It's been a long time. So uh, anything new happened with you? couch yeah a lot's happened since we ended like the writer strike ended so there's some good news hey the netflix just announced that they bought prodigy so we get more prodigy Uh, it's not a bad show it's not it's not the original series which sucks so that's good We're literally talking about one of the greatest episodes of that series today, and you're talking crap about the original series. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk crap about it, just like I'm gonna talk crap about Picard. Yes. Well, Picard had two very bad seasons. Picard had two and a half very bad seasons. You're no, full of crap. Two and a third bad season i just want everyone to know that we used to text after picard every week season three and <laughs> david loved it back then uh, now he's pretending that he doesn't just to i don't know i don't know what he's trying to do uh, so uh so some things happened to me since we last recorded all right so i uh i moved oh that's not what i thought you were gonna say yeah i moved that happened in between recordings. Well, yeah, that's why we haven't been posting podcasts in forever. Yeah. Because <laughs> you keep having to deal with that. So I moved. I bought a new car. That I didn't even know. Hey, yeah. I have a new car sitting out there. Cool. 
And uh, and then the icing on the cake as of yesterday, day before yesterday, I broke my toe. <laughs> With the day before yesterday. You broke your toe on my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know how I broke it? I know how you broke it. By hitting it with a couch. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be hanging out with other couches. Well, I was trying to get, get my couchness in, I guess, <laughs> on your birthday. That was a very weird way to phrase that. That was. That is really <laughs> weird. You're ready to get into the episode? I guess. So I'll be honest, it's been three weeks since I've actually watched this episode. I don't even know when I watched the episode, because I know I watched it long before you did. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. All right. As of this recording, Balance of Terror, which is an episode of Star Trek, a franchise owned by Paramount, a company currently being struck by the Screen Actors Guild because they can't pay their actors enough to live, yet somehow miraculously paid their CEO $32 million last year, first aired on December fifteenth, 1966, was written by Paul Schneider and directed by Vincent McAviti. So, I thought actors made like a bunch of money. No, like that's a very common misconception. Like you want you want to get into the strike now after all this time. Now you want to get into what's I, going I on. I mean, with like the I understand the writers not getting paid, but I thought the actors got paid really. Okay, well. you're thinking of like Brad Pitt and Meryl Streep and like them getting paid, right? I don't know who Brad Pitt is, but yes, like Will Smith. I, okay, yes, uh, Will Smith and people like that, right? Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, the strike isn't about them. This is about the people who, like, will guest star on, like, a show and try to get paid. This is, like, about background actors. This is, like, your average comedy actor. The red shirts. Yes, the red the red shirts of society in the acting world <laughs> trying to get paid for their work. It's also about, like, AI. Like, one of the things that the studios were pushing for was, like, if you're a background actor in one movie, we can scan your face and digitally put you in any movie you want in the future, forever, and we won't pay you for it. Like, that's the kind of crap they were trying to do. So, so they make one movie, and they'll have actors forever. Yes. <laughs> in that sense. Yes. That, okay. So it's like that. Like, they're, fight, they're fighting mostly for the little guy. This isn't about, like, Will Smith or people like that. Okay. I gotcha. Okay, speaking of actors, let's get into the cast of this episode. All right, we have Mark Leonard as the Romulan commander. We have Paul Comey as Lieutenant Bailey. I mean, Styles. <laughs> uh, he's not as bad as Bailey. He's not as bad, but he's pretty bad. <laughs> Bailey wasn't racist. Right. All right, we have Lawrence Montaigne as Subcommander Decius. We have Stephen Mines as Lieutenant Robert Tomlinson. We have Barbara Baldivin as Lieutenant Angela Martine. We have Gary Wahlberg as Commander Hansen. That name sounds familiar. You're thinking of Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. And we have John Warburton as the Centurion. John Warburton. Yes. That name sounds familiar. You're thinking of Patrick Warburton. Who's that? Uh, have you ever seen The Emperor's New Groove? Like the animated show? Yes. Yeah. He was crunk. Oh, I like that guy. Okay. Uh, Rules of Engagement? Yes, he was in that. Yeah. 
Alright, so this week we start in the chapel where everyone is preparing for a wedding. Kirk walks in and Bones tells him he needs to call the bridge. Kirk goes to a comms panel. Yes, David? I'm going to say right here, they're at a wedding. You already know what's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it now, okay? <laughs> it's been three weeks, so of course you already just mentioned it. The wedding's going to be interrupted. And they're going to have to do something. Like, the whole wedding is going to be dispersed. And then, the bride and groom are going to be like, Oh, I love you. We'll do this afterwards. And then one of them is going to die. Congratulations, David. You're you're familiar with classic tropes of television. Yes. <laughs> okay, where was I? Alright, Kirk goes to a comms panel. Spock on the other side reports that both Outpost 2 and 3 are answering hails, and Kirk orders the ship to Outpost 4. Now it's time for the wedding. Kirk's officiating. Rand is standing behind so that the audience remembers she's a character that exists. The bride walks down the aisle and meets the groom, and Kirk starts his speech. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. No, that's not what he says. <laughs> Since the days of the first wooden vessels, all shipmasters had one happy privilege, that of uniting two people in the bonds of matrimony. So we are gathered here today with you, Angela Martin, and you, Robert Tomlinson, in the sight of your fellows, in accordance with our laws and our many beliefs. Amen. Now I'm going to stop on this line because the 60s weren't exactly a period of religious enlightenment in this country. So the line, and our many beliefs, is interesting in this context. You'd expect a wedding ceremony on television at the time to have heavy Christian overtones. But instead we get this line, and our many beliefs. Suggesting that in the future, whether you're a Christian, non-religious, or believe in any other religion, all perspectives on the matter are treated equally without prejudice. Even when Martine gets to the altar, she kneels while Tomlinson stands, implying that she's religious and he isn't. It's just something I found interesting. Alright, the wedding is interrupted by a red alert. Outpost 4 is under attack. Yes, David called it. <laughs> However the red alert sound goes. <sighs> I'm afraid to ask, so what do you think of the teaser? <laughs> I mean, like, you already know how the episode's gonna go just by all this. Yes, David, it was the 60s. They didn't watch as much television as we have. <laughs> I mean, like, I just started watching New Zealand television, so... <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> Taskmaster New Zealand. Never heard of it. You okay. should watch it. It's amazing. Okay. Captain's Log. Stardate 1709.2. Patrolling outposts guarding the neutral zone between planets Romulus and Remus and the rest of the galaxy. Received emergency call from Outpost 4. The USS Enterprise is moving to investigate and assist. We're on the bridge. The Enterprise is 8 minutes away at maximum warp. Scotty says they'll get more speed out of her, but I don't know how they're going to do that with their engineer on the bridge. <laughs> uh, he, he got lost again. <laughs> <laughs> he got lost again. Kirk asked her if the outpost said who was attacking and they have no idea. Styles says there's no doubt who's attacking. Our first hint that Styles isn't going to be our favorite navigator. <laughs> Kirk has Spock put a map on the screen, and we see seven Starfleet outposts, uh, the neutral zone, and on the other side, the planets Romulus and Remus. Kirk addresses the entire crew through the intercom, and then hands it over to Spock to teach us all about the Earth-Romulan War. 
we learn that there are outposts on asteroids to monitor the neutral zone. The Earth-Romulan War was over a century ago. They fought with atomic weapons. Their ships allowed for no captives. There were no view screens. No human has ever seen a Romulan and vice versa. And entry into the neutral zone by either side is considered an act of war. Uh, okay, so in so let hold on. When was the Enterprise? Oh yeah, if if you believe Enterprise, like none of what Spock just said makes sense. Uh, yeah, because like isn't Enterprise like a hundred years before? Kirk? Had they not been canceled and got a season five, we would have got the Earth Romulan War. Like that's how close it was. Okay. Like season four was like setting us up for that. And didn't they have? Yeah, they had a brig. They had view screens. They didn't use atomic weapons. And didn't they even see the Romulans? Because uh, didn't the Romulans take that Andorian? Yeah, but was... they were. But they took that Andorian so that he could remote pilot a drone ship. Okay, so the, so they never actually saw the, the Romulans. We saw the Romulans, but they we did. saw the Rom. There was in that show one Romulan who was like undercover as a Vulcan. Right. So they saw that Romulan. Right. But yeah, but that's Enterprise's fault, not this episode's. There was actually the script for a movie that they never made that would have made the atomic weapons thing make sense. What about the no view screen? How is that ever going to make sense? Well, they use drone ships. So like that's kind of how Enterprise explained that. They were using oh, drone okay. ships. So I got there you. was no one on the ship. Then Kirk tells the crew that we may defend ourselves, but in order to prevent war, we are expendable. Yeah. Then Styles starts up. We should intercept them. We know they attacked. Kirk points out that it's been 100 years, so there's no way to know what Romulan ships look like. Styles says they look like birds of prey. I mean, he's got you there. They do kind of look like it. Yeah, but they haven't seen the ship yet, so like he has no way of actually knowing that. Uh, Alright, so he says they look at Birds of Prey, and he says he knows because he had several family members die in that war. It's been a hundred years. There's no reason to assume their ships still look like Birds of Prey. Then Kirk has the line, They're a war, Mr. Childs, not yours. Don't forget it. I mean, the Enterprise looks almost exactly like the Enterprise. <laughs> that show didn't exist yet. As of right now, that Enterprise didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Outposts 2 and 3 come into sensor range now, and both are gone. Nothing but debris now. Uh, Kirk orders Uhura to report their coordinates to the nearest base every quarter hour, and Kirk orders the ship to battle stations. We go to the phaser control room where the happy couple are flirting, talking about how they'll be happy to get back to their wedding when this is all over. Back on the bridge, they re-establish contact with Hanson on Outpost 4. Hanson says that Outpost 2... Three and eight were all destroyed, even though the shields were on maximum. And he doesn't know who did it. The vessel just disappeared. The enemy ship hits them again, and Outpost 4 is destroyed. Uh-oh. They can't see the ship, but Spock has it on sensors, so they can track it. Spock marks their trajectory as heading straight for the neutral zone. And Romulus, Kirk orders them to follow. Styles butts in. Don't you mean intercept? No, Kirk orders them to match course and speed so that they'll think that the Enterprise is a reflection. Kirk orders to cancel battle stations, but stay on standby alert. And then Styles opens his mouth. <laughs> I like how they don't use red or yellow alert. It's standby or battle stations. Now nah, they use red alert. So they have four different alerts? Well, standby is not an alert. Just Standby is just like, be ready. Well, that's what yellow alert is. 
Well, they don't use yellow alert then. <laughs> captain, may I respectfully remind the captain what has happened? The Rymans have crossed the neutral zone, attacked our outpost, killed our men, Mr. Styles. Add to it the fact that it was a sneak attack. Mr. Charles, are you questioning my orders? Negative, sir. I'm pointing out that we could have Romulan spies aboard this ship. Looking at Spock. <laughs> no, not yet. He has no reason to think that yet. Sulu agrees and gets Kirk to order security alert instead of standby. The spies thing actually comes from a deleted scene. Uh, before they destroyed the outpost, Hansen said that their ship looked a lot like our starships, so there could be spies. Huh. But they cut that out, so that's why Styles says that. I was always like, "How you haven't seen them in a hundred years? Why did why are there spies?" But yeah, yeah, it was a deleted scene. Okay. Uhura picks up a communication from the Romulan ship. Spock locks onto it and gets us a feed into their view screen, and we see that the Romulans look exactly like Vulcans. We get that famous Spock eyebrow raise, and that is the end of Act One. Like that meme, like this episode is where that comes from. Really? Yeah. I just tried to do the eyebrow raise so everybody <laughs> knows. It didn't work. It did not work. My boss does that. <laughs> She'll be sitting there just working and you look over at her and her eyebrows like in her skull. <laughs> On the bridge, Styles is giving Spock this death stare. Kirk walks in front of navigation and taps on the console to get his attention off of Spock and on his job. Kirk asks Ahura about decoding the Romulan message. Ahura says cryptography has it and Styles says give it to Spock. Which leads to this exchange. I didn't quite get that Mr. Styles. Nothing sir. Repeat it. I was suggesting that Mr. Spock could probably translate it for you sir. I assume you're complimenting Mr. Spock on his ability to decode. I'm not sure sir. Huh. Well here's one thing you can be sure of Mr. Leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Do I make myself clear? You do, sir. You know, this is why they have such a hard time finding a navigator. Because <laughs> they're all racist or, or cowardice. Because or... they haven't found Chekhov yet. <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> Chekhov's the complete opposite. <sighs> Alright. Sulu notices the ship is starting to become visible. And we go to the Romulan bridge. The Romulan commander orders a crewman to get the closing device running. The crewman points out that it takes up a lot of power and there are no enemies near. The commander says there's an Earth ship following. The crewman says it's clearly a reflection. And the commander says do it anyway. <sighs> the commander starts a conversation with the Centurion. He says he's glad they're headed to the neutral zone. He misses home. But also he knows they're being followed. The Centurion asks why the Earthship hasn't attacked. And the commander says it's because they're studying the enemy. Dun, dun, dun. In walks Decius and the commander scolds him because he sent the message and they're supposed to be running silent. Clearly Decius has never seen the hunt for Red October. I've never seen the hunt for Red October. Well, you didn't get that joke then. I did not. <laughs> DC says he sent it to the Praetor about this glorious mission. Little Punk is trying to take all the credit. Once Decius leaves, the Centurion and Commander have this exchange. Take care, Commander. He has friends, and friends of his kind mean power, and power is danger. Danger and I are old companions. We have seen a hundred campaigns together, and still I do not understand you. I think you do. 
No need to tell you what happens the moment we reach home with the proof of the Earthmen's weakness. And we will have proof. The Earth Commander will follow. He must. And when he attacks, we will destroy him. Our gift to the homeland. Another war. If we are the strong, is this not the signal for war? Must it always be so? How many comrades have we lost in this way? Our portion, Commander, is obedience. Obedience, duty, death, and more death. Soon even enough for the Praetor's taste. Centurion, I find myself wishing for destruction before we can return. Worry not like you. I am too well trained in my duty to permit it. They sound like Klingons. Well, Klingons don't exist yet, so. Klingons don't exist yet? David. I guess How I long have, have been... we been doing this podcast? I... Have we ever had an episode where we talked about Klingons? No. All right. Back on the bridge, Spock notes that the Rymelins have returned to their original course. Styles says we're an hour away from the neutral zone. And Scotty calls in saying we have a sample from the outpost for debris field and we leave the bridge. You know, it seems like the neutral zone has always been there. Yeah. Like what? They get rid of it in Picard? I mean, before Picard. But yeah, by like... Picard, Romulus has been destroyed, so yeah. Yeah. The only show that doesn't have one, I, I would say, would be Enterprise, because the war hadn't happened yet. And, uh, and later Discovery. I was going to say later Discovery, but I mean, that's because Romulus and Vulcan are the same planet pretty much now. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Navar. Navar. Yeah. Yeah. Navar. But yeah. The neutral zone will become a staple of this franchise. <laughs> All right. In the briefing room, we have Kirk, Spock, Scotty, McCoy, Sulu, and Styles. Spock is holding a piece of the outpost's shield made of cast rhodinium, the hardest substance they know of, and Spock immediately shatters it in his hand. Uh, Kirk asks for comics. Spock says, Obviously, the Rylands have superior weaponry as well as invisibility. McCoy's all like, how dare you discuss tactics at a time like this? Shut up, McCoy. You're on a military vessel chasing an enemy ship that has destroyed at least four of your of your bases. Yes, we're discussing ca- tactics. What else would they be discussing? I know, right? <laughs> like sending letters home, I guess. I don't know. McCoy's just dumb sometimes. The, the newest way to plant <laughs> red buds? I don't know. <laughs> Alright, Scotty says the Romulan ship runs on impulse, meaning they don't have warp drive. Styles says we have to attack immediately. Sulu points out that they can't aim at an invisible target. Styles says if we shoot a bunch, we might hit them. And Sulu says that'll just help them zero in on us. (laughs) Styles then has this little speech. These are Romulans. You run away from them and you guarantee war. They'll be back not just one ship, but with everything they've got. You know that, Mr. Science Officer. You're the expert on these people, but you've always left out that one point. Why? I'm very interested in why. Spock agrees that they need to attack. If the Romulans are related to Vulcans, then they can't risk a war. Vulcans were once a brutal warlike race, worse than humans ever were. Kirk calls the bridge and her reports that the Romulans are changing course, heading towards a comet, and Kirk gets an idea. Even when an invisible object passes through a comet, it leaves a visible trail. Kirk orders all hands to battle stations, and that is the end of Act 2. We open with a comet, and by a comet, I mean clearly just a photo of a comet from a satellite in the 60s. 
<laughs> doesn't move, doesn't do anything. It's just a picture on the screen. On the bridge, Kirk's plan is to wait for the Rymelins to enter the comet. When they become visible, they'll swing around to the other side and take him by surprise. On the Romulan bridge, the commander's plan is for the comet particles to interfere with the Enterprise's sensors, turn around, and take them by surprise. <laughs> a crewman says that the reflection disappeared. The commander realizes he and Kirk had the same idea and quickly orders escape maneuvers. <laughs> we almost got him. Almost got him. Back on the Enterprise, Spock loses them on sensors. Kirk thinks everything's going to plan. Steady as she goes. But when nothing shows up, Kirk realizes he and the commander had the same plan and orders a hard right and to fire phasers blind. <laughs> They're evenly matched. We get a shot of Tomlinson in the phaser control room firing phasers, followed by a shot of the Enterprise firing phasers, followed by a shot of the Romulid bridge taking damage, and then another shot of Tomlinson firing phasers. On the Romulan bridge, a large piece of debris falls and almost crutches the commander, but the Centurion pushes him out of the way and gets hit. The commander and some crewmen lift the debris off of him, and the commander orders all power to weapons. That debris was clearly just a big piece of styrofoam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, it was the 60s. This is the 60s. On the Enterprise, Sulu reports a control circuit burnout causing a phaser overload. Spock opens a panel on the floor, sparky with flames, and starts working on it. Uh, the bird of prey uncloaks. Sulu thinks they're surrendering. Kirk orders the ship to go backwards at full power. The Romulans fire. The Enterprise could detonate it if they had a phaser working. Do you remember how in the second pilot they found an emergency recorder? that an old ship launched before it was destroyed. Yeah, vaguely. Because Kirk, at this point, orders a crewman to launch one of those things into space. Huh. So Kirk's expecting to be destroyed. Well, that's good. <laughs> that, that Kirk's expecting <laughs> to be destroyed? Yeah. That is a uh, that's standard procedure, though. Yeah. For, And then they also keep like black boxes on there. That records everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just kind of like that little callback. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk was like, launch this black box. <laughs> they managed to outrun the Romulan weapon. The energy dissipated. We get another shot of phaser control. Just to remind us that Tomlinson and Martine exist. That's it. That's the only reason. We just have to keep checking back in them so later we feel sad. <laughs> uh... Alright, uh, Spock gets phasers operational and reports the Romulans are back on their original course. He suggests they think the Enterprise is destroyed, and Kirk says he wouldn't make that assumption, so their captain wouldn't either. So at this point, the commander and Kirk are both like, this guy knows as much as I do. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror. A pointy-eared mirror <laughs> that looks a lot like Spock's dad. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's, Yeah. Yes, it is the same actor. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> do, but we don't see Spock's dad yet, do yeah, we? Yeah, no, we haven't met Spock's dad yet. This is his first appearance on the show. Okay. So next time we see Spock, be like, next time we, like the first time we see him, Spock will be like, hey, you look kind of like a Romulan. <laughs> on the Romulan bridge, a crewman reports that the reflection is back and the commander orders to cloak. The crewman says, but we're low on fuel. It can't be the Earth ship. And the commander says the Earth commander isn't about to make the same mistake twice. On the Enterprise, Star report 
On the Enterprise, Stiles reports they're one minute away from the neutral zone. McCoy is on the bridge for some reason. He asks Kirk if they're gonna break the treaty. Kirk points out that it's the Romulans who did that. And McCoy suggests that once the Enterprise crosses the line, they can say Earth did it. They want a war, we give them an excuse. Uh, I mean, he's right, but... <laughs> it seems like both parties keep crossing that line Yeah, over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, does anybody actually, like, believe in that line? <laughs> Picard, he'd be like, okay, why are you telling me? I know where I'm going. <laughs> Kirk orders to attack before the Romans make it to the neutral zone, full speed ahead. The Romulan commander orders evasive actions. The Enterprise fires phasers. The Romulan bridge is taking damage. Kirk orders a her to send this message to Starfleet. In my opinion, no option... On my responsibility, we are proceeding into the neutral zone. Dun, dun, dun. Somehow I knew you were going to do that. I know, it's stuck in my head. On the Romulan bridge, Decius is questioning why they're not firing. The commander knows that Kirk is trying to get them to use all their power on weapons. The commander tells the crew that the Centurion has died and orders them to load up some debris, as well as the Centurion's body, to dump into space. This fight isn't about winning anymore, it's about getting home. On the Enterprise, Spock reports all motion on the sensors has stopped. Sulu sees the debris and thinks they got him. Spock says it's not enough. They've been tricked. Spock checks the sensors and they've lost them. And that is the end of Act 3. I thought that was Act 4. No, that was Act 3. Are you sure? I'm I'm sure. I, last... got a, I got a whole other act to read through here. Last Act was Act 3. No, last Act was Act 2. I don't know. Next time we, when we, when I listen to this, I'm gonna be like, "I see. I told you there's two Act Threes." You realize I edit these, right? So you're gonna edit Act Two, <laughs> Act Two, and the, you're gonna talk into the microphone and say, "And this ends Act Two, and edit it in there." So here's why you might be confused. I always say, "And this is the end of Act," for example, two, and then I say the next act so i'll say act two and then immediately i'll say act three and then start the act i know so you might just be thinking about when i started this act because whenever you said it earlier i was like oh how many more acts do we have do we have like two three one it, it's always four acts <laughs> yeah it's I always four in the teaser i thought there's like 10 so <laughs> anyways act four <laughs> Captain's Log, stardate 1709.6. We are at the neutral zone. Have lost contact with the intruder. No reaction on our motion sensors. We believe the Romulan vessel to be somewhere close by, with all engines and systems shut down. The Enterprise is also playing the silent waiting game in hope of regaining contact. We're on the bridge. Everything's shut off. Lights, sounds, everything. So that the Romulans can't hear them. It's just like an old submarine movie. That's why I was referencing the Humph Red October earlier. It's an old submarine movie. I've seen. Well, I know that. I've seen a uh, seen some movies and TV shows where they're in the submarine and it's all quiet, and they're just like, just like, no sound, and then there's that one guy chewing gum. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what happens there. This episode is basically just a submarine movie. You ever see uh, the Santa Claus two? Yes. Where where they're all they shut down everything, and then all of a sudden 
you better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> you better not cry. And it's Curtis. Spock tells Kirk there's some more work he needs to do on that panel on the floor. Kirk's like, okay, but be quiet. On the Romulan bridge, Decius is saying it's been a long time. There's no sign of them. Clearly, we got him with the fake debris. But the commander's like, nah, he's still out there. They're also like, shut everything off. Everything's quiet. Right. Um. So it's the battle of who's gonna move first. Yep. We get a very short captain's log that's just telling us they haven't moved in almost 10 hours. Kirk's lying in bed when Rand walks in and offers him coffee. He says, yeah, bring it to the bridge. I'll be there in a second. She walks out as McCoy walks in, and we get this monologue from Kirk. I wish I were in a long sea voyage somewhere. Not too much deck tennis, no frantic dancing, and no responsibility. Why me? look around that bridge and I see the men waiting for me to make the next move and Bones what if I'm wrong Kirk says he doesn't expect an answer and is about to walk out when Bones grabs him and gives his monologue but I've got one something I seldom say to a customer Jim in this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth-type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. That is the worst impersonation of McCoy I've ever seen. Here's the good thing about that, though, David. You're going to... I'm going to put a clip in. (laughs) On the bridge, everything is still dark and quiet. Spock's still working under that panel. He finishes up. He grabs the console above to pull himself up, but he accidentally hits a button that powers on the console and makes a loud noise. Styles jumps out of his seat. I swear he's about to pounce on Spock. Crap. (laughs) Kirk calms everybody down. Like a kitty cat. (laughs) Cut to the Romulans. They hear the signal and the commander orders to move in. Kirk has them turn everything back on. Reverse reverse course fire. Uh, Back with the Romulans, Decius is like, how are they winning? And the commander says, he's a sorcerer, that one. He reads the thoughts in my brain. Our fuel supply is all but gone. And he stays just out of reach. It was really hard not to just quote all of the commander's lines of this episode. He may be one of my favorite characters now. <laughs> he is pretty good. He is. This is probably the that's well, a top episode of this. Yeah. Like this is one of like the great Star Trek episodes. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. The rest of us would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the commander is going to try one last effort to save the ship. He, or- he orders more degree into the tubes along with an old-style nuclear warhead, uh, which apparently they keep for self-destruct purposes. Yeah, I thought that was really odd. A nuke would blow up a ship. Yeah, but, I mean, well, first off, what's the chances they'd have a nuclear warhead? Like a ship from <laughs> how many galaxies away and... Well, Spock said earlier in the Earth Roaming the War, like, they fought with nukes. Yeah, but still, like, I don't know. You gotta remember, David, this is the 60s. To them, nukes are, like, future technology. Yeah. 
Sulu sees the debris, Kirk sees his fire, Spock says it's just like before except for a metallic object. Kirk orders a hard stop and to fire at it. Uh, we see a shot of the Enterprise just floating in space. It looks like it's just like they just turned the camera to the side and took a picture of the model. Because it's just like holding still in space at an odd angle. <laughs> the Romulan commander says, great, now we go home. And Decius says, no, they're at our mercy. We have to kill them. We're Romans. Sorry, Romulans. <laughs> <laughs> Romans. <laughs> Kirk calls McCoy, asks about casualties. 22, mostly radiation burns. Asks Spock about the ship. Mostly overloads and burnouts. Call Scotty, ask about weapons. They have one phaser room working, but Tomlinson's working in it alone. Styles has phaser room experience and volunteers to help out. Engines come back on. Kirk orders uh, to play dead, hoping to, to lure the Romulans back to our side of the neutral zone. Decius reports there's still no movement from the Enterprise. The commander points out damage too. Uh, the commander thinks Kirk has something up his sleeve. So Decius says, fine, let me kill him. And then the commander's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, can I say, how did we go from Kirk being nervous and everything about these decisions to him just being like, yeah, let's go do whatever we want to and let's go blow stuff up. Because he's Kirk. Let's go time travel. Let's go steal some <laughs> whales. Let's go, you know, oh. do whatever. <laughs> like... When did we, like, when did years we years of that? experience? Like you're talking the movies. Like he, by that time, he's like been doing this for years. Like this is still like the beginning of his five year mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the phase room, Spock asks Styles for a damage report. No damage. Then asks if they need help, and Styles says, "This time we'll handle things without your help, Vulcan." Racist prick. <laughs> When Spock leaves, the phaser room springs a leak, and it's being filled with purple gas, knocking out both Styles and Tomlinson. The bird of prey decloaks. Kirk repeatedly orders Styles to fire. Nothing happens. Spock in a hallway hears this and runs back to the phaser room and fires at the Romulans. Uh, back on the bridge, Kirk orders to move in on the Romulans and hail them. And we get this great conversation between Kirk and the commander. Captain, standing by to beam your survivors aboard our ship. Prepare to abandon your vessel. No, no, it is not our way. I regret that we meet this way. You and I are of a kind. In a different reality, I could have called you friend. What purpose will it serve to die? We are creatures of duty, Captain. I have lived my life by it. Just one more duty to perform. And then he blows up his own ship. <laughs> Fade to sickbay, Kirk walks in to check on Spock and Styles. Spock's fine. Styles is like, I'm alive. Spock pulled me out. He saved my life. Styles, you are the only person who was surprised by this. The only person. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk asks Bones how many they lost. McCoy says, just one. Tomlinson. <coughs> the boy who was supposed to get married. Rand walks in and tells Kirk that Command says they'll back whatever decision you make. Little late for that. <laughs> Kirk enters the chapel where Martine is kneeling in front of the altar. They hug. Kirk says it never makes sense. There had to be a reason though, right? Angela says she'll be okay. Kirk leaves the chapel and that is the end of our episode. She'll be okay. She'll be okay. She doesn't need to grieve this. She'll be fine. <laughs> She's she gonna grieve. She'll have another officer to marry in the next episode. No. 
it's fine. All right, now let's go to the <coughs> red shirt death count. This week we lost one gold shirt, which means in total we've lost two bay shirts, four blue shirts, two gold shirts, one hazard vest guy, and a total of nine chromen. And still no red shirts. I still think the hazard vest guy should count as a red shirt. Well, you should have said that when we did that episode. I did. No, you didn't. I did. I listened back to that episode and you did not. I did. I mentioned it. I mentioned that I thought about it, but then decided no, because they had red shirts. They could have put him in one. And, and you I said, said nothing. And you said I nothing. Said, listen back to the I, tape. You know, you know why I can only listen to what you edited out. And I, I know you edited I out. I didn't edit anything out. Yes, you did. No, or, I didn't. Or I probably just lost... I got lost in daydreaming. Like, sometimes I'm over here just staring at the ceiling, just thinking about... Yeah, probably. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Like, the... Like, yeah, I get lost in thinking about your action figures a lot of times. Like, trying to figure out how they built the Death Star. That always, always, every time, I'm lost thinking that. Anyways, but we count the Bay shirts, so we have two on the board. <sighs> <laughs> Alright, anything anything you have to say? Alright. Anything you want to get off your chest before we end the episode? Well, let's rank it. What is there, 9.45 episodes? Or 8.45, right? No, it's 9-something. It's like in the early 900s. 9.47 now. Not that early, like in like the single digits, like 9.0-something. Okay. 9.0-something episodes. So I'm going to rank this 8.43. Whoever's keeping track, can they please rank this at... 843. David, I would put money that no one is keeping track. Eventually, someone will keep track. If we get popular, someone probably will go back and keep track. But. Yeah, I know. And so I'm just going to go ahead and start keeping, like, okay, okay. No, now, <laughs> that being said, on the Bailey scale, I'm going to give it from one Bailey being the best to a 10 Bailey being the worst. I'm going to give it a four Bailey. Okay. Because it was okay. I got bored halfway through it. I'm not going to lie. This is like my favorite episode now. This is not my favorite episode at all. This episode was great. Honestly, I kind of like the next episode we're going to do a little bit better. Oh, God. <laughs> this one. Okay, you done with your ratings? Uh, let's see. I am done with my ratings. All right. Join us next week when we talk about what are little girls made of. <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere at Couch Talks Movies. David, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Commodore Moss, and also, have you seen our merch store? It is awesome. Couch <laughs> has put a lot of work into it and has made some really good merch items. Like I I'm I'm about to buy everything in there. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, about that. If you go to couchtheaters.com, it's a long story. I'll change it eventually. You can go to the couch 
Podcast Network merch store. We just added some new designs. We now have the Go Chase and Asteroid and Mirror Universe Vibes shirts and hats on sale. You can also get the old stuff too. The the TIY hat or the... Uh, it's been a long time getting from here to there. You can get all of our stuff over there. My favorite is the Mirror Universe stuff because it's my face. I was about to say, you just like that your face is on a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. You can find the show at Tomorrow Trek Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and at patreon.com slash tomorrow is yesterday. Live long and build the Death Star. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.